All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage, of course. I'm joined by a lovely soul. I can tell someone who is very kind, very genuine, and uh, I'm excited to see what kind of open conversation we'll have about like the world and spirituality and art. So this is my friend, Alfie Vardalia. Welcome, bro. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. Uh, I believe your main passion for now is photography. This is true. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm super excited to see what we can talk about that. Uh, please so happy tell to me. Be here, bro. Yeah, thanks for coming. Please tell me, you told me off air that you were born in Guam, moved to the Bay, and then came back to California. Yeah. Uh, at what point in that timeline did you start to like fall in love with photography? So I would say it all started when I was living on Guam, when I had first moved back, really, because I was born. Like, on the island and that sort of thing. But I moved when I was one to, like, Sacramento area. And I lived there for, like, eight years and was hella culturally disconnected. And then I came back uh, to Guam when I was, like, nine. And when I was going to one of my, like, schools, when I was in middle school, elementary slash middle school, bro, I'd walk to my grandma's after school and I would fucking look through photo albums just of, like, uh, my family and shit. And, of course, it just have, like, landscape pictures of Guam and that sort of thing. Of course. And just, like, I'll, it, it was, like, culture in those pictures, you know? So I'd look, at, I'd look at them for, like, a couple hours after school all the time. And it was, like, uh, I didn't know anything about photography either. I just fucking loved the pictures and the documentation and that sort of thing. Not a fucking cl clue about cameras or anything. Of course. Though. I honestly still don't know anything about, like, the quote-unquote, like, tech of... Cameras. Yeah, like, tech cameras, yeah, photography. It, it gets complicated, dude, and there's a learning curve to it, but literally anybody can pick it up, yeah. so... Yeah. I think so, too, especially now they put everybody's, uh, like, cameras in their pockets and their phones, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, everybody... I remember... Uh, uh, I have a couple things I'm about to say, actually. So, mm -hmm. I saw on your Instagram, you created your Instagram only in 2018, Absolutely. Is, is there a reason for what uh, the delay was about? I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't <laughs> active on social media prior, but uh, I find it interesting because I think like most people our age, they got like peer pressured or they were just like, oh, everybody's doing this uh, when they're younger than that. <laughs> you really want to know? Of course. When I had a MySpace in like fifth grade, like a year after, I was low-key hella embarrassed of my MySpace. <laughs> like, it was just a standard MySpace. Sure, yeah. Like, it wasn't anything weird, per se. But it's just like, okay, this is obviously an, an, a nine-year-old on fucking MySpace. <laughs> yeah. So, after that, I was like, huh, my digital footprint is kind of important. And I recognize that as, like, uh, an 11-year-old. Yeah, that Except is. Except I'd still use Snapchat like a fucking idiot or whatever. But for some reason, Instagram was, like, the one where I realized... This is the one that I don't want to, like, be a dumbass on. Sure. So, and so I, you just degree, never made one? I was like, I'll just wait till I feel like it. And then I felt like it for some reason. Like, I forgot what made me feel like doing it. But I had bought a camera earlier. Oh, wait, yeah. Actually, it was, it was literally photography that made yeah, me yeah. want to fucking make it. I was going to actually ask so. you because I saw, like, <laughs> uh, you made your page. And then, and then, no, it makes sense. <laughs> and then you, like, instantly started putting up these, like, beautiful pictures. Like, they, oh. were, <laughs> they were crazy. Like, I, I was impressed. And I thought it was funny because it was like, oh, I just made my Instagram. Boom, here's yeah. art, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, dude. I, when I first started taking pictures, I didn't give a fuck about, like, posting them because mm. it was just, like, documentation for me. And, of course, like... When I started, I was like, hmm, maybe eventually I'll start posting them. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like buy a camera, then immediately start posting them. It was like, just take your time, have fun with it. And when you feel like something's cool, just share it. Definitely. Would yeah. you say that like the internal gratification is more important to you than the external response from your peers? Absolutely. Like if... Because, like, you know, shooting film isn't free, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, true. <laughs> it takes more than just an, more than, like, an SD card and that sort of thing. Like, film is just fucking, it's not sustainable, dude, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> and, like, because of that, you really just, you really got to align yourself with why you're doing it whenever you make mistakes. Because it's like, it can also be hella unforgiving when yeah. you, like, lose a role or something. Like, or you just make a simple mistake that fucks everything up for for like your pictures you know what i mean of course T correct me if i'm wrong but there's like no way to view the image until it's like 
completely ready. Yeah, right? you're shooting in the dark. Yeah. But not really, like, it, after some experience, you know? And I feel like it definitely is uh, an internal gratification thing because you really got to be... You got you to gotta appreciate how delayed the, the reward is. You know what I mean? 100%. So... It's definitely a completely different, like... I would almost call it a completely different industry than shooting in digital because, like, the setup is different. The response is different. Like, people are viewing it differently because they're like, oh, it's not meant to just be, like, a click and shoot. Like, this took time, you know? Mm -hmm. what, what led you down the road of, like, physical and uh, film instead of digital? Okay. Yeah, so t I was actually going to finish my story Oh, yeah, earlier, please, please. But this is... You literally asked the perfect question. Excellent. So, after... So, then, like... Uh, I go through the rest of high school and that sort of thing, not being as connected to the pictures. In, in oh, Guam? <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't worry about that. In um, Guam? Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. just to recap. Yeah, so this is in Guam, or on Guam, because you on say like Guam? on an island. Yeah, that's just how I grew oh. up. Saying. But I, I can definitely see why people would say in Guam. Because it's a country, right? It's not a country, it's like uh, more or less a colony of the United States at oh, this point. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so. So on Guam. It, yeah, I just refer <laughs> yeah. to it like an island, you know what I mean? As you should. I think you probably know better than me, so yeah. <laughs> I believe you. And I'm, I'm honestly, I enjoy saying that, so I'll move, use that moving though. forward, yeah. Yeah, so on Guam, dude. On Guam. Um, I kind of like, not that I fell out of touch with those pictures, but kind of didn't align myself with them as much when I was going throughout high school and that sort of thing. And then, I, for no, some reason, I don't really know. Like, I was kind of scared to like try new things. When I was in high school, to a degree. Who's just, not? Yeah, that's you know? hella true. Yeah. But when I got to college, like, a lot of my friends were also hella, like, inspiring to me and that sort of thing. And one of them, my homie CBCQ, shout, shout out. out to him. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. He, he visited me at USC, and we went on the top of SGM rooftop, bro. Okay. And we were on top of SGM rooftop, and he tells me to snap a pic of him. And he hands me a br like a yellow brick that said like Olympus on it or some shit, and I was like, I took the picture, framed it and everything or whatever, and I was like, bro, so when can I look at this shit? And he was like, oh, dude, it's a film camera. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute. He was because I was like, dude, I totally didn't know that this medium of like photography existed, except for like old old people and I, I thought i didn't really think that i didn't i hadn't considered that people still like shot that shit and i hadn't seen it in so long that i didn't even know what it looked like no i totally understand i because I, I feel like it just resurged only recently yeah like you know, we're born culture. in 99 bro and like digital photography was starting out for real and then it got big by the time we could remember anything yeah that's what i think mm -hmm. like i had a phone when i was 13 that took yeah. pictures why yeah. would i ever like use a digital or a, a, a film, film rather yeah yeah so then from that moment, it was like... So then from that moment, I started looking into buying a fucking film camera. And uh, I was on Craigslist all the fucking time because I, I love buying cameras off Craigslist and eBay. I feel like anywhere else makes me feel weird, like camera stores and stuff. Okay. But it's also way more reliable to buy from there. But Definitely. it's like a risk, dude. It's like raw. It's like raw sex, bro. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> like, um, actually, wait, cut that out. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. If okay. you feel like it. Say, no, that's hilarious. Nah, put me saying cut that out. Okay. It. Yeah, just so they know. Okay. And then you just can so, cut this just shit Just so out. they know that, they, that you thought about it. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. So, <laughs> anyways. But, but it's a good analogy because I agree. It's like, it yeah, is it's, dangerous. It's like, it's such a fucking risky game. I forgot what I was talking about. We were talking about. about eBay and Craigslist. Like oh, if yeah. You a camera off of there, bro. That, yeah. I, I, when you said that, I was like, why? Because I was so worried about getting fucked over, dude. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It was finals in May, too. So it was like a May finals of freshman year. Okay. So it was like, wow, I'm about to be done with my first year of college, baby. <laughs> Film camera. Yeah. So <laughs> fucking, I fucking, dude, that's funny as fuck. <laughs> I, I fucking uh, messages got on, at, on Craigslist at like, uh, let's say, six p.m. in no 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 six p.m. in fucking yeah. um, Mark's Lounge. Okay. You ever been to Mark's Lounge, bro? No. Oh, freshman year. It's the freshman dorm. I'm not lounge. a true freshman. I came in as a transfer. I missed a lot of these like. Yo, give me fucking 
bones for that. That's Wait, pretty fire. Bro. Are you a transfer or no? Nah, my oh, sister's a transfer that. though, so I respect all transfers for real. Thank you. It is a yeah. gamble. It, it's like raw sex. Yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. And so, dude, I messaged him at 6 p.m. I finished a final at like 2.30, and then I take a frift. Or no, it was like 1.30. And then I frift over to the Burger King on... Washington and Vermont. Mm-hmm. I should specify for my fan base, a, free, a frift is the yeah. free lift program that we have at USC because they yeah. don't want us to walk around the dangerous streets, so they, we get a discounted lift. Yeah. and um, So you met this guy from Craigslist. Yeah, fucking. So I meet him on, at the Burger King parking lot. <laughs> he rolls down his window and he's like, <laughs> he's the camera bro. And I was asking him quest- just general questions because I watched hella YouTube videos before I got into it. Sure. Like, how am I... I have to have a plan if I'm going to get into this shit. And yeah, so he showed me all that stuff. It was five bucks, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. They don't oh sell God. cameras for that cheap anymore. <laughs> yeah, fuck no. Yeah. Like, anything. even just point and shoots, and it makes me sad, but it's cool. Like, it's, it's for the love anyway, you of know? Of course. So fuck it. Well, on that note, actually, do you think that photography has, like, a low barrier to entry? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, without a doubt, photography is one of the lowest barrier to entry mediums of art you can get into. Yeah. Film, definitely not, because there's just so much, like, money that has to be put sure. into a single picture compared to, like, if you even have someone's hand-me-down phone or an old iPod, you could, t- you could still take pictures with that, and you could still call it photography. 100%. You, you know could take what I mean? pictures with a Motorola Razor, you mm-hmm. know? So that being said, that not to say that there's no bias for like what people consider art or not. <laughs> That's what I was just about to ask you. So but photography isn't all about art. It's also about like documentation and from how should I say like, perspective. Yeah, it's not necessarily always for like creative and expressive purposes. It's there's like a utilitarian sort oh. of documentation aspect to it that like I think of with like something like say. Uh, wildlife photography or like um, industrial like taking pictures of like food or shit like that or just like regular advertising for like big ass companies and that sort of thing would you call it like it's almost m- educational uh it's hard to call that educational it just feels like strictly for documentation okay you know like yeah. you're really just trying to get the most face value a picture of something that you could get. No, I see the difference. You know what I mean? I like, do, yeah. Think about the pictures that you see of just like a t-shirt against a, a white background on like a, a website. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just that's, a direct. Mm-hmm, like, it's not for fucking... It's, I don't feel like it's to really express yourself. It's more or less <laughs> to just uh, capture the photo. And I guess that's what I'm like trying to point to is that the whole... To a degree, that sort of language to photography, like capture and take photos, it really stems from like colonialism and trying to take pictures um, of like indigenous peoples or like for anywhere that was getting colonized. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in that way, like photography does have uh, like I feel like that's the history behind the utilitarian sort of language that we have for photography. Which it can be for, you know, like for documentation. Investigative research? Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And that sort of thing. And then, but at the same time, it's also a medium that has hella artistic applications and value to it. You know? Like Do you see a expressive. negative in one of these two sides? I or? see a negative in the, in like the roots of the, How so? of the first side. Just because you think it was kind of uh, depersonalizing? Absolutely. That's like what I got from what you said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because like... The, when you say, like, capture a photo, like, think about things that you capture or that someone of that, of that time who was taking pictures would quite literally capture. It's, it's, it's like a real fucked up story, you know what I mean? I do, yeah. And uh, because of that, I feel like, you know, that's kind of the root of that sort of photography to a degree. But when you say, like, terms like making photos instead of, like, taking photos or some shit like that, it kind of, like, adds a different perspective to it that, like... You're not really taking anything because take is uh, pretty fucking aggressive. Like, has a word. negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be clear, like if someone says, oh, I took a photo, I'm not going to be like, oh, what the fuck, man? It's literally whatever to me. But 
because of how like it kind of isn't it doesn't hold like the same sort of value to me to this day you know what i mean no, i completely understand i actually i have never heard anything like this before so mm-hmm. i am really interested in what you're yeah. saying like this shit's just so colloquial at this point yeah 100 uh-huh. percent. but I, we should just be mindful at the same time i don't even think this is an uncommon thing that you're saying like i think there's uh-huh. a lot of like uh ingrained phrases into our society that we just use casually that mm-hmm. come from like really terrible backgrounds you yeah know? absolutely and like that's something that we live in, obviously, mm-hmm. and... But you're doing what you can to change it. To a degree. I mean, like... I think. I think so, to a degree, but just, like, from a larger perspective, every, I think everyone's just working with what they fucking have to a degree, or 100%. what they came up on. And you seem like and a really... You got a choice from there, obviously, but of yeah. Of course, right? So now they've heard your side mm-hmm. of things, and they now have a choice to, like, make a move moving forward if they want to improve on their language. So yeah. I'm curious, like, do you take language this seriously outside of the photography lingo? Like, yeah. are, you, are you attentive to this kind of uh, usage? Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, um, it's really... The way I see it is that, ultimately, you really have to put an effort into not, like into not addressing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to make a conscious effort to avoid being mindful of your language. Yeah. Because at that point, wouldn't you just have, like, if you were saying something that you know you shouldn't be saying or whatever, don't you just have, like, a conscience telling you, wait, you shouldn't be saying that? And then at that point, do you listen to that shit or do you just brush it off and keep, like, being that way? Yeah, that's a real, like, moment of character, judgment of character. Uh, I'd love to even rewind back (laughs) to... No, it is. I I agree. I'd love to rewind back even further to uh, more of your time in Guam, or on Guam. I I will remember. Uh, (laughs) On Guam, because I am an ignorant American white child, and I know, like, such little about anything outside of my own country. I don't even know where Guam is on the map. So Mm -hmm. could you just tell me more about, like... uh, the experiences you had on Guam, like, okay, like, uh, tell me about the culture. Tell Before me about your family. Before I go into family. it, though, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, you gotta promise me. You gotta do a little research after the fact on Guam? too. Yeah, I can. I can promise. Look you it that. up, bro. Yeah, definitely. Look through. Just keep looking at. Look through hashtags or some shit. Maybe you'll you'll hopefully find some cool pictures. That's what I'm looking for. Hopefully, nothing weird though. <laughs> but yeah, every country has its history, <laughs> you know, or, or yeah. every land has its history. No, I I'd hope that we could start to consider Guam like. It's own sovereign nation at some point. I'm surprised that we aren't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I could say. <laughs> but, bro, uh, growing up on Guam was cool. I mean, that's kind of an understatement. But, of course. Um, Describe to me the scenery. Like, you're a man of okay. a visual perspective. I'll start there first. You got to understand that the green in that part of the world is different from the green, any green that you'll see in the United States. And it's just like, uh, it's like uh, if coniferous trees are like their own green, bro, then this is like the warm version of like the sunniness and like, but like still super vivid green somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. Let me talk you through a day. I'll use like my last summer for our tw- summer 2019, for example. Perfect. Which was, like, the first time I had been back home since going to college. So, obviously, there was, like, a lot of growth since I was, like, a kid there. Or even, like, a 17-year-old and shit there. And so, when I went back, the, an, an average day would look like... I would be staying at my uncle's, first of all. And he lives, like, on a, on a pretty large property. I'd probably say an acre and a half. I don't know if that means anything to anybody these days. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> it's, it was a pretty big property and it had like three different dogs. It was like two golden or two German shepherds and a golden retriever. And they just like roam relatively free. Yeah. And then like the house was gated in and shit. And everything else was like outside. So I'd have some chores like in the morning, whether it was like picking up water from the convenience store. Because tap water on Guam is a little iffy sometimes. But, like, I mean, it's safe to drink, but people just don't like the taste for the most part. Definitely, yeah. For a number of reasons. I'm and a water connoisseur. <laughs> I really am. You fuck with water? I fuck with water. Yeah, so, bro, you'd, wanna, you'd have a specific store on Guam that you'd fucking love the water from, and okay. you'd just keep going to that one. Ideally, it wouldn't be more than, like, a five-minute 
drive away or something. Yeah. But that was, like, one of the things I did in the morning. I had to take care of the dogs, took care of the trash, which was, like, carrying a bunch of trash in a wheelbarrow to, like, a far or, like, away to, like, the driveway or some yeah, shit. Yeah. I went, like, away from that shit. Too. <laughs> Anyways, um, and just, like, pretty regular shit like that and just, like, yard stuff, obviously, because it was big as fuck. And so I'd take care of some shit like that in the morning. After that, I'd either go to the beach or with friends or some shit and we just fucking kick it maybe exercise beforehand and then go to the beach and like cool off at the beach sure because that's hella fires too like going for a run and then just getting in the water is it a small island in a way where you can like access the beach in any direction very easily well it's a small island in the way that it's 30 miles long by seven miles wide at the widest point hella short it's shaped like a weird california that's how i used to <laughs> okay look at it as a kid like, if it was jointed differently. I don't know. You got to look at the picture. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, bro. So, fucking, that, my morning would always consist of either being at the beach with my friends, exercising, or, like, helping my family, one of my family's, like, uh, bakeries. Oh, Because, like, my aunt has a bakery and that sort of thing. So, I'd help her there. Do you like to bake? Uh, no, not really. But okay. I would just do, like, paperwork and, and that sort of thing for her because she's... She's hella good, and, like, I'm a fucking scrub compared to her. So she really doesn't need me in the kitchen at yeah, all. She yeah. has people who are way better. The best bakers in Guam. Mm, I mean, <laughs> we it depends on it. what you're looking for. But my aunt, yeah. fucking A, she's fucking that's amazing. My oh, my God, she has a dead bird. I, that's pretty cool. Oh, my God. Kitty. Bro, that's pretty cool of her, though. I mean, thank you for bringing that to me, Kitty. That's so nice. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, let me just say this, though. My yeah. aunt's baking. Fucking amazing. Patty cake squam. Patty cake squam? Patty, patty cake squam, bro. What is squam? Guam. Oh, patty yeah. cake squam. That's the name it. of the spot. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so that would happen, and then in the evening, I'd get fucking dinner somewhere. I'd Hopefully, like, one of my aunts or uncles would be cooking or something, or they'd be down to, like, take me out, because my parents were, like, back in the States, and that's Oh, thing. okay. Yeah, I didn't understand. Been living back in the States for a minute. And fucking, um, yeah, and then always at night, though, I remember for, like, uh, let's say 18 days straight, 18 nights straight, I would just get drunk. Like, <laughs> I was drunk 18 nights in a row. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I'd never, that was a pretty impressive run for me. <laughs> and some, like, obviously it wasn't, like, shots every night, because that's just problematic. Yeah. But, like, it, you know, like, four or five beers or some shit, good time. If I may, is Chill. there much else to do? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell like, yeah, okay. Hiking on Guam's fucking amazing. Okay. Scuba diving on Guam's fucking amazing. Even just snorkeling is fucking cool, too. Uh, what color is the water? The water? There's, di- it di- there's different parts to it. Because, like, some of the water's, like, more brownish area. Because we do have, like, some black sand beaches and that sort of thing. Ooh. It's very diverse on Guam. Yeah. Others are, like, uh, not pebbles, but, or, like... Medium-sized pebbles, so, like, more coarse sand. Okay. And the water is, like, hella blue and that sort of thing. Not that it... But it's generally, like, blue turquoise all around. Okay. Because we do have a reef, too. Okay. And other beaches are just, like, white, sandy, some shit you see in a fucking picture. You know what I mean? It's all amazing in their own way, though. Definitely. I think it's cool that there's, like, any type of difference. Because I feel like anywhere you go in the States, you go to the beach and it's like all along the state line, same thing. Yeah. It's so it's definitely different. Just different weather sometimes. Exactly. If you go up far up, far enough north out here. And I honestly, like, I appreciate California beaches, but going to them always makes me a little sad because, like, fuck, I know a little better than this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Grew up with a little better than this. Bro, so. yes, I feel the same way. Uh, My favorite... And then, my favorite beaches are in North Carolina, and it, uh, the California beaches don't compare. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not the same at all. My don't get me wrong. From North Carolina. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Fire. Do you know where? Uh, yeah, she's from like, um, her small town is Roanoke Rapids. She's gonna kick my ass if I don't remember. That sounds familiar. It's really small and it's almost near Virginia. Oh, so on the northern end. Yeah. Okay. And she's staying, she's like two hours. Uh, west from the coast. Okay, okay. And like close to the Virginia line. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> she won't mind. Yeah. yeah. But I know what airport she goes to. <laughs> but I'm not going to say Save it on your skin air. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have two grand questions from uh, what you said, but 
uh, I want to discuss one at first because you said, which I didn't realize you were away from your parents. Do you oh. guys have an intimate relationship? Was that uh, their call or your call? Were you just like looking to spend more time on Guam? What was that oh, about? Yeah. So like, honestly, they needed to move back to the States because like um, they just had better job opportunities out here and they had to like think long term about my sister and I going to school. Fuck yeah. So I, I wanted to graduate from my high school though because like it was like an all boys Catholic school. Oh my. On yeah. Guam? Yeah. Okay. So like um, sounds unique. it was an interesting place bro. Sounds unique. Yeah. And like uh, it was just hella fun. I'll give it I'll say that much. Mm. And I really like there was a lot of character to be to be grown there and that sort of thing. Was there a partnering Catholic girls school? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and um it was uh so yeah, that was kinda like my high school situation. Right. So that was and, like the main reason. Mm-hmm, so I was living with my my mom moved when I was like a sophomore and that sort of thing. It was just like uh actually I'll start here. I have a sister. And then it's just me and my parents. Older or younger? My sister's like three years older. And then I have an older bro who's three years older than my sister, who's my half-brother, that I didn't know about until I was like 17. No way. It's fucking crazy, dude. That is crazy. I'll get into that. Yeah, please. But let me just say (laughs) that... So, like, my sister moved out when she graduated in, like, 2014 high school shit. And um, it was pretty, like, just me and my mom and my dad for a sec... And then my mom moved out um, when I was, like, a sophomore. So it was, like, one year and then the next year. And then it was me and my dad for a sec. And, like, I don't know how you were with your dad when you were, like, 16, 17. But we just weren't seeing eye to eye. You feel me? And, like, it's nothing against anybody. It's just who who we were at that point. Yeah. And shit. If I may cut you real quick. So your parents had split when she moved? Uh, No, they were still married. But, like, they were just, like, separated and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. How was your experience living on Guam with your uncle and aunt? You said uh, without mm. your parents, was everything okay? So yeah, I was with my uncle, with my uncle and my aunt, and I had a couple, two cousins that lived there too. And like, <clears throat> when I lived there, it was it was fire because like I had my own room and that sort of thing, <laughs> and I lived on a part of the house that was generally like, un, like non conspicuous to the other side, okay. like, where my aunt and uncle lived. So I basically had a lot of freedom, but I was also not a as responsible as of I course, was. Of course, you're 17, 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Um, that was like, I was really just trying to like wait till I got to college to a degree at that point. Um, but I was also still having a lot of fun and that sort of thing when I was Definitely. on Guam. Just so, like, did you always want to go to USC? Like, how did that come to be? Dude, so it's funny as fuck that I go to USC because of course, my aunt. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt, I want to hear your story, bro. And, like, but let me just say that my aunt, when I first, one of the times when I visited in the States, when I was, like, 12 or something, we passed by USC, and she was, like, don't apply to this school, Al, because it's in a rough area. <laughs> and, like, she was traumatized by, like, the 90s and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, I, like, bro, I fucking love going to USC. I know, me too. And that's, or, like, not because I love USC, but because I love... Just, like, the location where I'm at and, like, what it enables me to do and the people I get to know because of it, both in L.A. and, like, abroad. So, yeah. But applying to USC, bro, a lot of the decision was because my parents lived um, in the States, my mom in Bakersfield. And I always tell her, like, you're from Guam. Why the fuck are you living in Bakersfield? I don't say fuck, obviously, but, like, (laughs) why are you living in Bakersfield? And my dad lives in Pomona, which isn't so much better. But, like, you know, I got to respect both places because my parents are a little bit comfortable right now. So, like, that's cool for them. That's great. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like things might not have been as comfortable on Guam. So it's great that they were able to find a new place that they can settle in. Hell yeah. And And they were able to support you and your siblings, right? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Yeah. No, we love to hear that. It was fire. And, yeah, my my sister actually lives with my aunt uh, in the States. So we're both... Kids that I've had like sur- surrogate parents for a sec, <laughs> just so that we could take care of like educational shit. I think that's uh, pretty fire. Really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I like. It's clear that 
when you have a passion, you like do what you need to do to take care of it and, and reach your goals. I, I think that's like inspiring. Yeah. Uh, I only was laughing about the USC thing because like <clears throat> in high school, I was not anywhere near what I would consider like an academic person or like right. I was not very passionate about academia ever. Um, so it was super funny to Tell me. Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> not much. I just like... I was like the procrastinator, the class clown. Like uh, I didn't, my GPA was like average, you know? And so then uh, I, what I really think helped was being a transfer student. I think oh. like your odds of transferring into USC mm. are a lot higher than transferring or uh, coming in as a freshman. So what CC did you go to? Oh, I actually went to a school in New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. No, no CCs, man. I'm a real college kid. <laughs> no, I <laughs> went to, uh, so I'm from Delaware. No, nah, and that's no disrespect to CCs. A lot of my best friends go to community colleges uh, yeah. and we have a great one in Delaware. But uh, I was from Delaware and, um, well, I still am from Delaware, but then I went to a school in New Jersey because uh, I studied music industry or I had just found out that my passion in life was music industry. And I was like, now what? You know, like, what, what, how do I pursue this? And so I was looking for like uh, a good program. And are you familiar with, with Drexel's program? Uh, actually, no. So Drexel has a really amazing, it's in Philly, and they have an amazing music program. They have like a dragon as their mascot, right? They do. It's a red one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, it just wasn't for me. I wasn't trying to be in the city, which is ironic because I go to USC now. But at the time, I was like, that's not really my vibe. So I was looking for more programs, and I just found Rowan University, which is like a smaller school in New Jersey. Uh, I went there, and it just wasn't fitting. Uh, you said you haven't spent as much time on the East Coast. Uh, uh, for me, yeah. New Jersey was like not it. <laughs> it did not hit. Yeah. So I, just, I had to get out and uh, mm-hmm. applied to USC. And I also applied to NYU. And uh, I got rejected from NYU first. Fuck NYU. Uh, exactly. Get, me, I, get that on air. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. And I was I, just like, uh, I, it scared me. Because I was like, if I didn't get in NYU, I'm definitely not going to get into USC, which I consider like a higher level. Um, now look at and you. And then like you said, lo and behold, yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, so sorry about that quick segue. But I actually, uh, what I wanted to bring up before and what I'll bring up now is uh, you have spent like a particular amount of time in the States at a particular time in your life. Do you think that like your perspective of... America is probably a little different from like everybody else who walks around and and how would you compare them? Yeah, so I would say that growing up on Guam um like okay, I'll say this. When I first moved to Guam, I was very like um I was roasted for being Haole, which is like the Hawaiian term for like a white person. Okay. It means without breath, like literally translated. But it's just like colloquially used on Guam. Uh not only to describe like white people on Guam, but also like to describe Chamorro people, aka me, that were like very state-sided. If you catch my drift, I do mm-hmm. kind of because you had yeah. like spent time in the states. But you're mm-hmm. are you mixed race? No, not at all. Yeah, so yeah. I find that like <laughs> kind of weird. No, nah, it, it was just like uh, a cultural thing because like yeah, I, high I can't key, even I was very state-sided when I came to Guam for the first time, <laughs> so it was a culture shock, like for sure. Okay, and like. Um, so yeah, I got teased a little bit for that, and I low-key rejected that part of my culture for a sec. The because, Guam part? Yeah, because I was just like, I'm clearly not, to a degree, I'm not welcome in it. Exactly. But then, I don't know, you just like grow up and like realize, oh shit, I really, I am a part of this, and like, why was I try- even trying to fight it to begin with? And I'd say that sort of development like um, happened more in high school when I was just like, subconsciously picking up on things and then when i got to college and i really started to feel like holy shit i'm from a different place because i had like truth be told um i feel like i got a hard time connecting to a lot of people at usc just because like i feel like our experiences just don't match up with each other too well i'm so familiar bro. Uh uh-huh and i'm not like uh particularly salty about it or anything it is what it is like not everybody's for you at the end of the day yeah but it's just like it was just something that i kind of really recognized when i was like getting to college when you come to a new place and honestly it probably even flashed you back to your adolescence because you came to a new place and all of your peers were like treating you like you were different (sighs) and so i can imagine what it would feel like to come here and see that you are very different from everybody at a new Mm -hmm. place like i felt the same way when i got here i was like wait your daddy does what like, oh, you you have daddy's card in your pocket? Oh, like, shit. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, they, they have Stuff a very like different that, life. Man. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And mm-hmm. a different background. Like, you spend time on Guam. I could imagine most of the kids here have not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you got it that time too, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> stop, stop. But <laughs> so, so continue, please. So so you got here uh-huh. uh, again, and um, 
it felt a little different, but I yeah. sh- I'm sure you figured it out and you found a good people to be around. Absolutely. I love my friends. And like, I, I feel like at this point, I've grown up half my life in the States and half my life on Guam and that sort of thing. And like who I am at this point is literally just a reflection of that. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty fire in that way. And the people that I like know in the States and that sort of thing, because I also still hang out with people that like are from Guam and like stay out here. That's dope. And I fucking love them too, you yeah. know? And yeah. Yeah. No. I dude, I really feel like I don't have any toxic friendships. It's oh, insane. That's awesome. Like, whenever people talk about toxic friendships, I can I just have no fucking idea, dude. Yeah. Cause I feel like everything's for the most part cool. I've never <laughs> even thought of that before. Um I too would like to argue that like I don't have any toxic friendships yeah. but I've never considered that because to me it's like if and I, I when I use the term value as I'm about to I don't mean it in like a physical value like I'm trying to get something off of someone oh, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. if my relationship with another person isn't bringing value to my life mm-hmm. then I'm not going to maintain that relationship you yeah. know what I mean and so like uh-huh. if I have a toxic friendship I'm going to like see that very quickly and just be like you know what we don't need to be friends yeah we just don't need to talk dude. exactly yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's not even like bad vibes or anything like it's that. just like we don't click it's that and we both recognize it yeah. why do we gotta make this harder than it needs to be <laughs> why we that's how i feel it? about group projects dude <laughs> fuck <laughs> no nah, but i feel like dude i feel like you'd be a pretty good group partner thanks man yeah i'd work on a group project with you dude that's love bro here's yeah, good thank real. you i appreciate that um here i want to ask you because we haven't even like dove into this at all but oh, we now have a really great understanding or a better understanding if i may uh of of who is Alfie. Yeah, yeah. How do we translate who is Alfie into Alfie's photography? You know, like how uh, do you describe your style? You know, I, I think if I may, uh, from what I saw, right? So I was browsing your Instagram and, and what I could find. And to me, it was above all apparent that what you are capturing is like the energy of like, I'm going to say the people because I feel like the main focus in your art is like the people in the photos. Uh-huh. And so like to me, you're not capturing like a visual perspective, you're capturing like an emotional moment. I really do mean that. And it wow. sounds it sounds corny or whatever, like I'm sucking on you, blah, blah, blah. But I mean <laughs> it. I really do mean it because... Nah, I've never heard that before, dude. Because like when I'm looking at your pictures, I'm looking at like the facial expression of the person. I'm looking at like what's going on behind them. Mm-hmm. Like how are they feeling? Oh, shit. I really mean it. So, so tell me like what inspires you. You may not even see it yourself, uh-huh. but what inspires you to take those kinds of photos? Okay. First of all, whenever like... Literally with anything visual that I might make, if it's like a dumb little flyer for my job or some shit, or if it's fucking um, like a picture that I really care about on like a project or something, um, I always just want to have, like make sure there's a lot to look at, like in that photo. You know what I mean? Like I just want, because I think about how long I used to look at photos um, of like my family and shit like that when I was a kid. And I could just look at them forever because it would just be like trying to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I take pictures of like people these days and that sort of thing, I I always try to like capture them at a perspective that you usually don't see them in. I, I don't know, like to a degree. So, I mean, that's kind of like generic understanding of what it is. But really like... I, I do like to get really close when I take pictures and that sort of thing. I do like to um, really make a person the main focus of a photo. And I don't know. I'm kind of like going off tangent. No, it's okay. But- do you think that it changes <laughs> the the feeling of both taking the picture as well as like uh, shooting someone uh, when you know them very well? Um, dude, I always got to establish rapport when I take pictures of somebody. Mm. Like, anything else is to, um, whenever I take pictures of strangers, it's just, I know I'm not having, like, the most fun, and it's just, it just doesn't work out as well. But when I can just, like, talk to somebody and that sort of thing and, like, get to get a better idea of, like, what, who they are and what they're about, it makes it a lot easier for me to, like, capture, or not capture, let me catch myself right there, to really, like, make a photo of them that... Really, like, indulges on how I see their, like, how I see who they are. Yeah. 
And like, I think this is what it's I was like my perspective about. of their perception of themselves. Oh, I love that. If that makes sense, it does like, make sense. Because literally, they're telling me, "Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like this," or they just like, I'd ask them what they're trying to do and that sort of thing, and it's just like, I got I, after they tell me, I just got to make it up in my head, and then. That's that's how I like think about it when I take. Have you gotten more comfortable sort of commanding the person that you're shooting? Not, and I mean that in a nice way, more like uh, you know helping oh, them. Dude, you know, it's set up. literally the most awkward thing at first. <laughs> yeah, that's whatever. what I mean. Yeah. But really, <laughs> like you just gotta talk to them like a person with and like with a whole lot of respect to. Yeah. Like I always double check to make sure like, oh, is it okay if I adjust your hair real quick or like if you shift your body this way or whatever and that sort of thing like. <clears throat> you're really just giving them directions and fucking not to suck my own dick, bro. <laughs> but I've been told I give good ass directions. That's excellent. Like, yeah. I think it's a great me. compliment. Don't test me though. <laughs> It'll just, just pop. Just, just believe me. Yeah. <laughs> no, bro. I think that's a great compliment because it, it speaks more to like your leadership qualities. Yeah, like, oh, I mean that. Oh man. Yeah. Thanks, the only people bro. who give directions are leaders. Um, I fucking love directions. I, uh, I'm curious because, because like I said, I see a lot of photos of, people you know as the main subject of from you but but you say uh you referred to your origins of photography as viewing these like beautiful landscapes as well as pictures of Uh your family uh do you have a preference between the landscape photos and the shots of actual humans um and do they feel any different Uh, i feel like i take my best uh landscape photos when i'm either by myself or with my family okay and i take the best um Portraits, like, when I'm, uh, how should I say? Like, it's more of, like, the job part for me for some reason. Okay. Like, not that I have a preference for either. I can just acknowledge how when I take portraits, a lot of the times I feel more stress and, like, (laughs) need to perform and that sort of thing. Definitely. Whereas when I'm taking landscapes, it's literally just me, like, enjoying nature and doing my best to, like, express myself and express... Like my sort of how I want to see the f- how I want to see that landscape because when I t- even when I take land like obviously I want to take like pictures with the right aperture the right settings to make it look good but I can't help myself but just fucking fuck up the settings and just to see what it'll look like it's like shooting a gun in the dark or whatever bro like because you you don't know what you're gonna get but. You can have an idea and you can just give it a shot and fucking. I think experimentation is great. As Mm -hmm. as someone who like my creative expression is primarily making music, yeah. I think my favorite thing to do is like go out of my way to try something I've never tried before and be like, Mm -hmm. oh wait, this is cool. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how you learn. Uh, you spoke on like the added pressure of shooting for another person. I think that's totally true, right? Like they're putting their image in your hands, basically. Do you think that that pressure also inspires creativity? Yeah, you know, like, I always talk hella with whoever I'm taking pictures of. Because, like, to a degree, like, when you're a photographer, obviously it's, like, your job at the end of the day to make sure somebody looks good. But when you put your head together with somebody who, like... Because, like, really the best pictures of somebody come when when they feel good about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, their own confidence, like, translates into the picture. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And obviously you want to work with somebody so that they are their most confident self, like when they're in front of a camera. Because yeah. anything else is just like a wa- kind of a waste of time, dude, to a degree. Like, because, or not a waste of time, but you're just <laughs> not getting the best that it exactly. could be. It's not reaching its full potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just really got to work with that person to make sure that they feel like the best version of themselves. And it shows. And then you, it'll show. Do you know Beata? Yeah, I do. So Beata started... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You at least know of her. Uh, yeah. She started doing Boudoir. Have you seen that? Boudoir? I would love to be familiarized with no, it. No, perfect. So yeah. uh, she just started this thing like not too long ago, a month or two ago. Uh-huh. And she does, uh, I don't even know what you call this kind of photo, but she does like scandalous photos, empowering photos for people where they're naked. Oh. Um, and what you were just talking about reminded me of that so much because oh, yeah. like especially in those situations – Someone's coming to you and they're like, I want to feel empowered and sexy. I'm going to get naked in front of this camera. If they're not confident, that picture is like not even going to work out. Like mm-hmm. if you're timid and naked, that's almost a creepy picture. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't yeah. be cool. Uh, yeah. And I think, it, I think it is true. Like uh, 
the importance of like making the person you're shooting comfortable and uh, allowing them to like just be who they are. I think it sounds really perfect the the setup that you have. How Absolutely. long have you been? Um, like uh, you saw your, I saw your Instagram start in 2018. Did you immediately start doing bookings? Uh, like after some time of court, like some, there's always people that try to get free picks. First of all, of course. And like, I guess if you want to count that for booking, then yeah, people were hitting me up on that level. But like, um, as far as actual like starting to make at least see at least some money for this shit, mm-hmm. it was. Definitely after, like, six or eight months-ish or something like that, I feel. That's when I feel like my work deserved any sort of, like, <laughs> compensation. Yet. Sure, you had been practiced enough? Yeah, that's how I felt. Are you still uh, having a lot of bookings right now? Sorry to cut you off if you had something to say. Oh, no, I really didn't. And as far as bookings, like, dude, there was a period before finals when I would stay busy every weekend and that sort of thing. But finals happen, and I'm trying to, like, get back to business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. So, yeah. I was curious because I was wondering how, like, the COVID situation has impacted the business, you know? Oh. Well, like, my whole thing, bro, is that, first of all, I'm always going to fucking wear a mask. Yeah. Like, while I'm taking the fucking pics. And if I need to take it down because it's fogging up the viewfinder, then I'll do that. But... Um, as long as I know that they've tested negative within the past week or something like that, it's hell it show. And, like, I've been COVID negative this whole time, too. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And the main thing for me is always just, like, knowing that you're, that you're tested and you're not the kind of person that fucking goes to parties or some shit. And that's really it. Bro, that's yeah. a very real statement. I could see the passion behind it. Uh, it is a really weird time to see, like, what kinds of people are going out and uh, kind of disregarding all of the things we've been told to, like, take care of, you know? And I don't mind, like, because, dude, I fucking see hella families meeting up with, like, ten people or more, and it's, like, three different households and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't get, like, honestly, okay, cut, maybe cut this part out mm-hmm. or whatever, but, like, real shit, like, uh, I don't think that's the biggest fucking deal mm. or like that people should be worried about. I agree with you 100%, bro. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be the one to admit out loud to the world that like I'm certainly on the lenient side of things. Like I work at a restaurant, mm-hmm. so like I'm still actively engaging with strangers like almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's obviously a different circumstance than going to a party because it's like I need to make money to pay rent. But like Mm-hmm. I, I think it's okay for friends and family to like get together if everybody has been responsible. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of course, there's always going to be a level of you're not just responsible for the people at the gathering. You are responsible for like the entire American public. You know, mm-hmm. like that is always a level, and and I am aware of that. But on the other hand, it's like, how am I not going to go see my grandma? You know, like if yeah. I know she's been responsible and I've been responsible, there has to be a level playing field where we can go like interact with each other. Just like you're saying, like three families from different houses, like that's your family. Mm-hmm. You know what they've been up to. I think it's okay to like take that, that small risk. Yeah. And like, you gotta, like, you gotta be understanding of like everybody's situation. Shit's cool, bro. Yeah. Uh, And I also bring up the COVID thing because it has allotted a lot more time for travel, myself included. Like, I've been exploring the California, like, Mm -hmm. lines so much more. uh, Not, like, traveling by plane, obviously. I'm trying to be safe. But, like, just Just getting to nature. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Being by uh, yourself. Exactly. You clearly have been doing the same. So can you speak on uh, the enjoyment you've had from spending time in nature this past year and, and just, like, I guess the role nature and like the world plays onto you, period. Obviously, your time on Guam, you spoke a lot about the nature. Oh, yeah. Well, I went to Guam like summer 19. I just mean in general, you like Guam and part of it was because of the nature. So obviously, it's important to you. So tell me about it. So I'll say this. I definitely feel like going to school out here makes it hard for me to connect to nature as much. 100%. feel the same Mm -hmm. way. And like, it's partially because... I get, I get hella stuck in the USC bubble sometimes where, I mean, I dro- my job's in, like, East LA. I can get to that later. But, like, so that's probably the most, like, the farthest I might drive within, like, a five, four or five-day period. Otherwise, I'm just by USC. And, like, I get hella, like, just, damn, looking at the mountains out there and that sort of thing. Like, what if I just fucking went beyond that shit? So when I do, bro, I try to, like... like make it a fucking event for me always and 
Sometimes I like you already know. Sometimes it's a wait. Hold up, bro. I know this she's cat fucking, is just fucking. She's trying to eat the wire. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, it's cool. I this cat's hella cute, bro. She's really nice. Her name is Kitty. Kitty. Um. Yeah, we did. Oh. We did get cut off by Kitty, but uh, <laughs> like, I love getting in touch with the nature personally because oh, yeah. it, it brings me like out of the city. I feel like when I'm here and I'm hearing the sound of cars all the time and everyone is so busy, like I get caught up in thinking that the wrong things are important, you know? If we're yes. talking on a super real level. Like, yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> Keep like, going. Yeah. So, so to, get, like, to get away and be back in the trees and, and get on my hippie shit where I'm like just like looking at geometric shapes and mm-hmm. colors, like it, it makes me feel like a human again. Mm-hmm. I went home to Delaware for four months because of the COVID shutdown in LA, mm-hmm. uh, which was way too long. And I, I, w- I wish I hadn't gone that long. Jeez. The first thing I did when I got back to LA was not like, stay in LA, it was hop my car and just drive to Washington and just like yeah. stop and see all the trees and everything because it made me feel like a person again. Dude, that's an ambitious road trip. Thank you. It was crazy. Uh, my uncle came with me on the way up and then I drove back by myself uh, on the way down. I stopped in the Sequoias. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I went on a full day hike completely by myself on acid. Dude. And, and that's why I came home and I got the Sequoia tattoo actually that I Dude. showed you. Because <laughs> it was that's such a, a beautiful journey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so... Like, I would love to know uh, some of your favorite memories, like, in nature oh, and, and just talk about your shit, trips that you bro. went on. Okay, so I'll start, like, with any trip, bro, I'm always just, like, trying to be grateful. First, like, that's, like, always my number one priority, I think. And it's a, it's been a subconscious thing, too. But I really just got to be grateful for, like, the land that I'm on and that sort of thing. Yeah. I fucking shout out everybody. And, like, I'm hella believe in like spirits and ancestors and on Guam we call them Tatamona and that sort of thing and um I don't know bro so I always just am super wary like when I'm in nature because you got to be respectful of like everything that's happened there before you so I always just like whenever I go like I always just like subconsciously thank who like whatever was here before like yo Really appreciate what you're doing for me right now. And after that, bro, it's just like this one time when I visited the Sequoias and it was me, my sister, my girlfriend and my cousin. And we just like were smoking. We were smoking an herbal J with like rose petals. Shout out to an ancestral herbs for <laughs> herbiary for always getting us right on like rose petals and shit to smoke with our weed. I've never so, done that. Dude, yeah. Well, we were doing that uh, by a stream in the Sequoias and that sort of thing. And it was just such a good, like... Because um, you know how, like, weed can really, like, get you in touch with your surroundings to a degree? Definitely. It can also get you really in your head, obviously. Of course. But, but sometimes, yeah, like, it just really gives you such pretty thoughts of what's around you. And that's how it was for me, bro. And... Like, it was at, it was in this past July, so, like, the end of the summer and school was about to start. Uh, I knew I had a job starting in, like, August and that sort of thing. And on top of that, I was just in a good headspace, basically. Like, even my living situation was figured out, too. So, whereas, like, I was hella stressed because of corona and, like, what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. So, really, like, like you were saying, bro, you really just uh, get to reconnect with, your surroundings when you're in nature because real life or real talk there's no more like fake life distractions like shit things are just around you dude it's just like you and your brain and just mm-hmm. like nothing you know mm-hmm. and i love that and i think uh the analogy you made i don't know if it was an analogy but what you spoke uh, on about like the the history of the nature yes. is crucial like every time that i especially the sequoias because mm-hmm. they are thousands of years old. Like it's incredible what they have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think to myself like, damn, these trees have seen a lot. And the like, people that have taken care of it in the past too. Yeah. And like to this day also, like it's really just something that you got to acknowledge and be grateful of, bro. hundred percent. I think all life is valuable, whether it be plant life, human life, ancient life, current life. Like I think it's important to acknowledge everybody involved. Like, in this world that we all exist on. You know, like, we're... This is gonna sound so corny, preachy, and hippie, but, like, we are all just existing life forms on this planet, you know? So, oh, so whether you passed away a thousand years ago or whether you're still with us today, like, everything you did is is important. Hopefully it was positive, but it was important, you know? Um, well, that being okay. said, we are uh, reaching 
a certain length, about an hour. I oh would my God, love really? To, yeah, we really have been. I would love to know uh, if there's anything that like we didn't discuss that you want to talk about because I, I have enjoyed all the things we've talked about so far. I don't know. I've talked. I feel like I've talked so much. Yeah, you? we had a lot to say. But I just want to make sure there's nothing I missed. You know, honestly, everything's cool. Just like... <laughs> Actually, nah, I don't even have anything cool to say. <laughs> Fuck it, baby. Cut it off. Cut it. <laughs> Everything is cool, bro. I agree. Like, uh, things are crazy right now. Um, and definitely, like, we all have to adapt, like, mm-hmm. pretty rapidly on a daily basis. But I do think uh, things are cool. Like, I don't know if you're excited about our new president-elect, but I'm, I'm super excited. And uh, I'm super excited. I just finished classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm officially a USC grad. Um, Fuck yeah, baby. Congrats, bro. Thanks, man. For real. I know. It's a crazy thing. Uh, <laughs> That's so, amazing. So I do think things are, for me personally, good. And it sounds like you feel the same. Absolutely. Like, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. But my attitude, bro, everybody's got to volunteer someplace, baby. Okay. Like, it starts with the with what you're doing for the community. You feel me? Yeah. So just keep fucking... If you haven't, if you haven't been up to something, consider getting into it. If you're doing it, fucking keep up the good work, baby. Let's keep going. What are some possible outlets for community give back that you could recommend? Ah, oh, shit. I work at a food bank every Friday in East LA. It's on Whittier and Atlantic. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know any that I can just name drop off the top. Not Everybody, even... just do your research <laughs> yeah. and do exactly what tailors best for you. Exactly. Because every one of them like operates a little differently, and you just gotta find. What makes you feel like you're answering your purpose the most? I agree. I think uh, there's a lot of people on this planet, as we just mentioned a moment ago, and nowhere near enough of them are as fortunate as you and I who get to sit here and, and talk about it, you know? Dude, I thought, yeah. You know? So I, yeah. I completely agree. Uh, if we're going to shout out causes, I always shout out Operation Warm. Uh, it's a Coats for Kids give back organization where they go to like really cold places in America and they give like uh, less fortunate children free coats, which is like super important because. If you don't have a coat, you freeze and you die. I've been around like nonprofits since I was like uh, fifteen or some shit. So, it's what, been, what like, got you into that? Fucking um, feed twenty five used to be something I did in high school, and the idea was that that was that like you'd pretty much have to like just give up a fucking like McDonald's hamburger or like a meal or like fucking Nike Elite socks because that was for the times. Of course. Like just give up $15 and like that shit could be used to provide hella meals for different school districts in the Philippines that uh, really otherwise would not have like a feeding program, any sort of food program for people there. And like some of the sites where it was at, like there was a dumpster like mountain that had an entire economy based on it. Like near right next to one of the schools, and when it rained, like you had to, yeah, yeah, you had to like close the windows, and yeah, it was tough, bro. No, I think uh, what you're saying is so important. Like, Like, yeah, more awareness needs to be brought to these other situations because I think, especially in LA, it can be very easy to like forget about all of that and be a little more consumed in your own world. And I think uh, the fact that you bring it up is really important. The Philippines, bro. I mean, that that place can be rough at times. I know things are getting better, but um, do Terate, bro. Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, on a more positive note, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was a pleasure to have you. Truly. Absolutely, I had bro. so much fun chatting with you. I really enjoyed everything you said. And, and you really, and I mean this, you really opened up a lot of new perspectives to me. And Why haven't we had a conversation like this before? Bro? I, 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 I'm we had really a class bad. together. Dude. I know. And, and like, all fair or on air doesn't matter. Like, we did have a class together. I am so bad about meeting people in class. And I, it's, dude, my me own, too. it's my own headspace where I walk in and I'd be like, well, I'm just here to get this class over with and get out, you know? And I know everybody else is feeling the same way, so why would I even Dude, go too. out of my way, you I know? I know exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Like, it's a terrible college mindset, but... I it, could only imagine what online school is like at, with that my same mindset. Have you taken like, the semester off? Nah. Did you? No. You, oh, wait, uh, why do you say? About, oh, no, like, as far as not wanting to interact with anybody oh, in online exactly. class? Yeah. It's the fucking worst. Yeah, like, no. There's not even an opportunity, because it's like you log in, you're muted... And then you're there, and uh, then you log off. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> there's no yeah. way to talk to anybody. And even the people that, like, I did get in breakout rooms with, someone would have their camera off. Yeah. One, another one would just be a picture of them or whatever. I don't know. It's frustrating. It's super frustrating. And uh, I'm glad that you appreciate... Glad we're here. Yeah, exactly. I was just going <laughs> to say the same exact thing. Like, I'm glad we now have the time to, to meet and talk and uh, 
hopefully we have a prosperous relationship moving forward. Fuck yeah, I baby. definitely uh, hope to support your photography and I hope you support the podcast. Dude, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We love, we <laughs> love film. That's all I could say. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, y'all. If you made it this far, uh, I love you and I appreciate you and definitely follow Alfie. His Instagram will be in the bio. Uh, if you're in the local area, get some shots, you know? Um, that being said, we're going to wrap it up. Any last words? Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks so much, bro. <laughs> I looked him in his eye, too. I was like, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. And uh, talk to you all next week. We have some more stuff coming. All right. Peace. <laughs>